you know, in light of all of the outcry and, and even vitriol coming against Israel in the, in the midst of this uh, nearly two-week-old war with Hamas, uh, and really Iran behind Hamas, Hamas and and Ian and behind Hezbollah and such, um, and this escalation that's going on, there there is uh, throughout the world on college campuses, certainly in many of the Arab nations, um, on the streets of major cities throughout the world, there's all kinds of protest and outcry against Israel. Uh, I, for one, in contrast to that, and in spite of that, I'm very thankful that the United States uh, is, uh, uh, is, is lending support, both in terms of aid, but also in terms of military support and, and, uh, uh, and such. As, as we've sent uh, battle groups out there, we've got a couple of aircraft carriers out there in the Mediterranean that are beginning to show a demonstration of support by, by virtue of their presence uh, and, and intention, intending to be an intimidating presence to come uh, if you want to come against Israel. I, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we're on the right side of Genesis 12 uh, when God talks about blessing those who bless Abraham and, and by virtue of that Israel and cursing those who curse him. And so I, I'm thankful for that. As I was kind of reading the news and 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 uh, and kind of you know getting my mind around some of the things that are going on, and of course the stories that are going on about uh, you know missile attacks on hospital and this whole deal and stuff, as I was thinking about some of those things, I I couldn't help kind of remembering a question that came up at the Q and A in our recent prophecy conference in in, in September. Uh, we were blessed to have a couple of friends come out and share, um, uh, Mark Kirk out from Calvary in Knoxville and Joel Dover out from Calvary in Noonan, Georgia. And, uh, and a question came up uh, for us to answer about uh, America in Bible prophecy. Why doesn't America show up in Bible prophecy or does she? And, and so we kind of just spoke to that for a couple of minutes. And I really appreciated uh, some of the input that Mark and Joel had shared on that. Mark mentioned how um, lots of nations aren't mentioned in in Bible prophecy, but the ones that are are mentioned because of their relation with Israel. Again, whether it's uh, against or for or whatever the case might be, but nations are really only mentioned insofar as they have something to do with Israel. And Joel kind of dovetailed on that too, and said, you know, just because a nation doesn't show up in uh, in Bible prophecy doesn't mean that it doesn't exist in those days, but rather instead it's just that they're not uh, they're not mentioned. But um, but you know, there there is kind of a natural sense of of the um, uh, of of wondering about America in regard to Bible prophecy. Now, I will say on the one hand, sometimes that is because we we do in the States and in the West, but certainly in the States, tend to have kind of an egocentric approach to Bible understanding and Bible prophecy. When it comes to understanding Scripture, we often sort of bring Western eyes to an Eastern, um, uh, you know, Middle Eastern uh, context. And so sometimes we miss things in Scripture or we understand them incorrectly because we are coming from a very different context, which is why when we study Scripture, it's important to study it um, as best as we possibly can through the lens of those to whom it was written at the time and in the place and such. And so that's that's one thing. Um, but there's also just sort of a natural sense of that. Uh, um, and I'm not trying to sound I'm not trying to cast aspersions, really, or anything, or, 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 or that. But you know, sometimes we can bring a certain level of self-importance to our understanding of Bible prophecy. Well, certainly, the United States must play some part. After all, we're a superpower, and all of that. Now, having said that, let me just say this and kind of turn the corner on this a little bit. 
the question of, uh, of the United States and Bible prophecy does have a certain amount of legitimacy to it, and here's why, and here's really the only reason why I would say why. Um, when it comes to Israel as the focal point of Bible prophecy, and, and, and by the way, that's an important key to understanding Bible prophecy, is that Israel is a focal point, if not the focal point, of last day's prophecy. And when we understand that, it clears up a lot of misunderstandings. We want to be very careful not to insert the church into the place of Israel in the last days. Uh, and when we when we are careful not to make that mistake, a lot of things become very clear and things begin to piece together very cleanly. Um, but um, when it comes to, uh, and, and therefore, because Israel is the centerpiece of Bible prophecy, there is a natural question that does arise that since the United States, as a superpower, is an ally of Israel— the question naturally would come up in places like Ezekiel 38 and 39, when these nations that are mentioned come against her, how is it that the United States wouldn't come to the aid of her ally in the Middle East? Having the kind of capability and, and such that we have, why would we not come to the aid of our, uh, of our friend Israel in the Middle East when these nations mentioned in Ezekiel 38 come against her? The question arises, is it because we don't exist? Is it because we've been neutralized? Or what happens? Or are we even in the picture at all? Well, that's why we, that would be a fair reason to ask that question. We want to be careful not to just assume we're so great that we're, of course, we're going to have something to do with Bible prophecy, but rather to flip the coin over to recognize that since the United States is a superpower currently, if Ezekiel 38 happened today, which is one of the things that comes up around this war in the Middle East right now, is that are, are we on the cusp of that? Well, if we are, and if the United States is sending ships into the Mediterranean there to help defend Israel, um, how is it that we don't seem to appear in that scenario? Well, there's a couple of ways that I'd like to approach that, and I, I guess I'll start by looking at Ezekiel 38 verse 13, which maybe the only place in Scripture where the United States could be in view. Uh, and the jury is not completely sold on this necessarily. There is some debate about this, but let me read the passage and then just take a second. Uh, in verse 13 of chapter 38 of Ezekiel, it says, Sheba and Dedan, or as we know them today, as we know the, the people that are mentioned here, this, this area that is spoken about is actually today Saudi Arabia. Uh, the merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered uh, your army to take spoil or to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder? Uh, again, the nations mentioned here in regard to um, uh, this passage would be Saudi Arabia, and then there's mention of Tarshish and her young lions. Uh, varying translations might say, and all of her villages. In other words, those places that she is responsible for populating, um, um, uh, offspring of those, or, or an extension of those uh, in Tarshish. And so the question comes up, who's Tarshish? Well, um, the majority of Bible tra uh, interpreters and uh, prophecy people that, that at least I'm familiar with, maybe I shouldn't just be so uh, uh, loose about that, but it would seem that the majority of, uh, from my understanding, would, would see Tarshish uh, today as, as, as being known as England or Britain. Now, one of the things lending weight to that is, is the description of Tarshish in, um, uh, in chapter 27 of Ezekiel, where there's lots of mention of doing 
of, of merchants on the sea and, and all of that kind of thing. And there are other reasons why people come to that conclusion. Another contender for Tarshish might be Spain. Uh, and so there, again, that's why I say the jury's not completely settled on this. Um, but, uh, but by and large, and I, I hold the view that this is probably speaking of, of Tarshish based on the description <coughs> that, is, that is given of her elsewhere. Um, so if that's true, then the young lions or the extensions of uh, Tarshish would include nations like the United States or Australia or other colonized parts of the world that, um, uh, that, that are around today. And so, uh, but really predominantly, we would think of the United States and Australia when we think about that. So, um, so the question comes up, well, if this is the United States, it does not appear when you read the passage in its entirety, you realize that Saudi Arabia and whoever Tarshish and her young lions are don't seem to be participating in the conflict that is taking place as these nations come against Israel, but rather they're kind of on the side, just sort of speaking against what's going on, but not really lending any real meaningful support for Israel in terms of standing with her, even though they're not necessarily coming against her. So they're kind of on the sidelines. Well, the question naturally arises then, um, how is that the case? Why would we, if we are in fact, uh, you know, Israel's, you know, greatest Western ally and we're the superpower, why don't we come to her aid? Now, there can be any number of reasons for this. We don't necessarily know what the answer is, but chances are that if we are in fact in view in Ezekiel 38, 13, and we are on the sidelines, even though it wouldn't make sense for us to be so, it might be that we're on the verge of finding that out. Um, there is mention of Iran getting more directly involved, and there are conflicting reports about whether Biden said, our president said, that we will come to Israel's aid militarily if Iran does um, um, uh, come against Israel directly, or whether he didn't say that we will. Um, there is some sort of saying yes, and there's some denial of that right now. So I'm waiting to see what that ultimately ends up being. Um, but there is also a lot of discussion about um, uh, a call to those in the Arab nations uh, to ultimately rise against uh, Jewish influences, both in Israel, but also in the United States. Um, there is, it's not unusual to hear the leadership in Iran uh, call for the death of Israel and of the United States in that. So we don't know what, what ultimately might be in store down the road in terms of, you know, maybe attacks within the United States. Uh, for our support. There's a lot of talk about that thing in the, about that kind of thing in the news right now. So we don't know. It might be that um, that it's because of a military strike in some sense or who knows. I'm 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 very hopeful that nothing like that happens within our borders, but we can't rule out the possibility that something like that could happen. Uh, on another possibility, it could very well be economically that we're not able to support the Israel militarily. We don't have the means to sustain any kind of meaningful uh, support for them militarily. Um, it could be because our economy is being run into the ground. It could be because uh, because uh, recruitment rates in the military are, are way down. There could be all kinds of reasons like that uh, that 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 basically emerge as a reality in 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 undermining our capacity to get involved. Uh, it could be because the sentiment among the people in the United States becomes so strong against Israel. Uh, that we we don't have the support in Congress to necessarily make the kinds of choices that would lend support to Israel in that way, to, to stand with her against her enemies. There could be any number of reasons uh, how this unfolds, but we do want to recognize that on the one hand, 
Um, God will bless those that bless Israel, but he will curse those that curse her. In other words, if we don't stand with Israel, we find ourselves on the wrong side of Genesis chapter 12, uh, and we don't want to be in that place. Our sense of military might or, uh, or anything like that is really irrelevant to God. Um, he can bring down 100, uh, what, 180,000 Syrians with one angel. Uh, certainly, he, uh, if, if his plans and purposes include us being sidelined, then we will be sidelined. One other place, though, and this is kind of where I'll begin to wrap this up a little bit. Uh, one other place where all of the nations of the world outside of Israel are mentioned in a general sense is in Revelation eleven fifteen, where it says that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Now that speaks of the day that ultimately when Armageddon comes and, and the world gathers together against Israel, but ultimately then turns against Christ at his return in Revelation 19. But the world is going to find itself, and the world including the United States, the kingdoms of this world, that would include this one, will ultimately find themselves opposed to Christ when he comes back. There will be those within nations from all around the world that, that have not bought into the lie, have not followed Antichrist, have not taken the mark of the beast, uh, have rejected all those things, and individually or in some small collections of believers together, um, um, they will be excluded from the judgment that is about to come upon those people, as we see again in Revelation 19 when Christ returns, and he casts the Antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire, uh, passing right by the great white throne judgment. They are immediately cast into the lake of fire, and everybody else who stood with them is killed uh, by the sword that proceeds from his mouth. Literally, by his word, he puts them down, and this ultimate uh, resistance against them comes to an end, and then ushers in the millennial kingdom. Uh, where we see the realization of Revelation eleven fifteen, where the kingdoms of this world now literally have fallen under the auspices of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But the world is moving in the direction that will one day, uh, uh, that is paving the way for the, the one day full rebellion against Christ when he comes. So it may very well be that, that part of the reason why the United States is sidelined is because we just don't care about what's going on in Israel, or we have a resistance to wanting to help them. Um, it's great that uh, our president said, you know, when, when the Holocaust happened, the world stood by and was silent. Well, we will not be silent this time around. I appreciated that sentiment. I hope he means it. Um, and and, 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 uh, and these aren't just, it's not just empty rhetoric. But we as believers do need to recognize that as we watch what's going on around us in the world, and we see potentially Ezekiel 38 opening up, Again, we don't know yet. Russia needs to rise to prominence in this. There are other nations that are listed in Ezekiel 38 that need to sort of, um, you know, come into the fold on this attack against her. Uh, so I, I think we will see this. We haven't seen Turkey necessarily full-throated coming against. We haven't seen uh, other nations that are mentioned. So we need to see those things uh, ultimately kind of emerge uh, for this to truly be Ezekiel 38. And as we've said before, it is possible, based on the history and in, in modern history, that at some point something happens that causes this uh, whole conflict to begin, this whole war to begin to come to an end. The rhetoric right now, or the the, the comments that are being made right now uh, from uh, Netanyahu and Israel, is that this is going to be a long war uh, from Hamas and and Iran. The idea is that this is just the um, this is just the beginning. 
So there doesn't appear to be any reason to think this war will end soon. But history has shown there's, again, kind of a rising and falling of these tensions. So we don't know for sure. But I will say, and I, I share this, uh, this feeling along with many, uh, America, I was just sharing this morning with some friends that I, uh, or was it maybe yesterday? Yeah, it was last night, actually, I think, that um, um, a newscaster in Israel who's been covering the Middle East for 20 years kind of made the point that this feels different than any other time in the past that he had served there in, in, uh, as a correspondent. And, uh, and I think that really encapsulates the feeling that many have about this. This does feel different. That's no barometer for sure. There's no certainty in that, that things are going to go a certain way. But at some point, we need to recognize that if it's not this time, then it will be sometime, but it could be this time, that things escalate and they don't de-escalate. Um, of course, it's always important to watch the other elements around the world that are going on as far as the move toward globalism and that. These things, I think, are all going to be connected into opening up uh, the ongoing fulfilling of God's last days, uh, uh, his word in his regard to the last days. And so we want to pay attention. We don't want to be aloof. We don't want to act like we can't understand what's going on. We don't know for sure that this is Ezekiel 38 yet. But if, again, if the rest of the scenario that, that is spoken of in Ezekiel's prophecy begins to coalesce, then we have very good reason to think that this could be. Um, so watch. Again, don't be ignorant of these things. Be, be reading your Bible, be paying attention to what's going on around us, and watch and see. But why is in America show up in Bible prophecy? We might, if this passage in Ezekiel 38, 13 pertains to us, if this is if we're in view as one of these young lines, then then that would be the one place where we do show up with some sense of clarity. But again, the, the larger question really revolves around, will we be on the side of those that bless Israel, or will we be on the side of those that curse Israel? Uh, if we're going to be in Bible prophecy, we want to be on the right side of that equation for as long as we can be. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem and keep watching what's going on. So with that said, I'll invite you to uh, share any thoughts or comments in our YouTube channel in the comments section. Uh, or if you like, uh, I've mentioned a couple times now recently that we're starting to utilize Telegram uh, a little more, uh, actually much more frequently. So if you want to look at Parsons Pad Podcast, Parsons Pad Podcast on Telegram, you can subscribe there as well. And uh, we post articles, not just these videos, but we also post lots and lots of articles having to do with um, not just the conflict, the war in Israel right now, but uh, also things having to do with globalism and uh, central bank digital currencies and the World Economic Forum and all these different things um, that uh, the, that are helping to paint the picture uh, of, of the days that we're living in. So I invite you to do that as well. But I always appreciate you watching or listening. Uh, it means a lot that we would uh, be able to spend some time together considering some of these things. But let me just encourage you first and foremost, the thing you want to spend the largest amount of time in is cultivating your relationship with Jesus. That comes through studying the Bible, both uh, in terms of devotional time or study time. Uh, it involves spending time in prayer. It involves spending time in fellowship with like-minded believers who are excited about seeing the Lord, encouraging one another as uh, as as discussions of eschatology should should do uh, twice uh, in um, uh, at least twice in first Thessalonians there's mention of uh, eschatological topics and then Paul saying encourage one another with these things as you're also doing so we want to be encouraging one another and even in Hebrews chapter 10 there is this mention of 
of of not forsaking the fellowship of the saints, but but gathering together and 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 provoking one another to to good love and good works and such, as you see the day approaching, right? There's always within the believer this sense that the time is coming. Peter in Second Peter chapter three, since we are looking forward to a new heavens and a new earth, what manner of 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 living should we be conducting ourselves in and such and so there's there's always built within the christian this hope and this knowledge that things are going to one day ultimately wrap up and we'll be with the lord now of course that does create a tension right i mean the the idea of the of the pain and the suffering and the bloodshed that takes place as these things do unfold is in fact a necessary reality among fallen men in in ultimately moving the world in the direction that god said we're going but on the other hand, we also recognize that the unfolding of these things does demonstrate that God's purposes and plans are coming to fruition. And that is, it's hard not to love the idea that one day soon, uh, again, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. He'll rule and reign from Jerusalem with a rod of iron in a millennial kingdom uh, where Satan is bound and the world will look as God had intended it to among men until finally one day after that millennium ends and Satan is loosed for a short time and ultimately his final rebellion is put down, we'll see a new heavens and a new earth. And so every day that we make our way closer and closer to seeing these things fulfilled brings us a a day closer to the coming of Christ for his bride, to the second coming of Christ to establish his kingdom, to a new heavens and a new earth. A believer has this hope within our, we have this hope within ourselves. And so therefore we, on the one hand, we grieve with those who grieve in the midst of this, but we don't grieve like those with no hope. We recognize that there is something beyond that is still greater that ultimately we're making our way toward. So we <coughs> we live with that tension in the days in which we live. Um, but do live in that hope and cultivate your relationship with Jesus. That is the single most important thing that you as an individual can do with your life is to pour into your relationship with God in Christ. Um, so let me encourage you toward that. Matter of fact, let's pray for that now. But Father, we thank you for the days that you've called us to live in. They can be very difficult. They can be very hard. There can be a lot of, even as Jesus said, tribulation in this world. But yet he invites us to be of good cheer. Why? Because he has overcome the world. One day we'll see that fully realized. But in Christ, even today, we have victory over the world. We don't have to be subject to its uh, enticements. We recognize that even though we might live under many of its restrictions and uh, maybe even uh, the government leaders that we find ourselves under may be uh, chipping away at any freedoms that we might have, and things might get very, very hard in uh, in our lives in the days to come. Certainly, we were not promised a bed of roses in the Christian life, but rather instead, we were promised a hope that is yet future, but will one day for certain be realized. Our hope is not one that we're unsure of, but it is a certain sure hope because it is rooted in, rooted in the promises that you have given and you've even spelled out in advance where we're going. So thank you for the confidence that that brings and the strength and courage it gives us to face the days in which we live. So in the midst of this, Father, we would pray that you would drive us, motivate us, encourage us, prod us in every imaginable way to 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 delve deeply into our relationship with you in Christ. We thank you that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and we pray that he would make his presence known in reminding us of the things that Jesus said by illuminating the scripture to us, uh, by reminding us that we are uh, sealed until the day of redemption, all of the great privileges and blessings uh, that are just freely given by you to those who will come by faith and believe in Christ and his finished work. So thank you that um, as children of God, uh, believers in Jesus, 
We thank you for all that lies ahead for us, but we would pray for strength for today and the courage to live through these days and also the wisdom to understand them through the lens of Scripture. So help us in these regards and to these ends that we might glorify you with our lives, that we might not lose hope, but rather instead be encouraged as we consider what is Uh, what is going on around us as being the fulfilling, the ever further fulfilling of your plans and purposes. So thank you, Lord. We love you and praise you. And of course, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, We're thankful that our nation here in the United States for the moment is is standing with Israel. We don't know that that will continue, but for the time being, we're thankful for it. But even should our nation one day turn from her, help us as believers in Jesus uh, to never turn away from the apple of your eye and to, to seek to harm her or to, to, uh, to, to wish her hurt, but rather instead to continually pray that they would not only be safe from the enemies that come against her, but ultimately that they would be saved. They would come to put their trust in Jesus, their Messiah. Thank you, Father. We love you and praise you. And we do uh, ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sounds like the dogs are giving a hearty amen down there as well. So thanks for watching and listening. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace forever. Amen.